What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. Cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. All right, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Uh, we were working cattle in Stockton one time, and um, we were going to be shipping out some uh, these dry cows. And Anyway, we backed the old trailer up, and we opened it up, and there I don't remember, there was like maybe five or six, something like that. So we get in there, and we're pushing them and everything, and this one, she was... She was a little bit honorary, and you know those honorary ones never seem to get up to the front. Those honorary ones always stay in the back. And I mean, the first ones got up there, and they just walked right in the trailer, one, two, three, four, whatever, however many it was. And then that honorary one got up there, and she stopped right at the trailer, and she turned around, and she said, I ain't going in there. And so she come blowing past us and everything, so we had to kind of go out there and get her. We were just on foot. We pushed her back into that alley, and there was only like three of us. And uh, anyway, I was pushing her up, and these other guys were over here, and they were going to, one was going to go get in the truck and pull it forward so we could shut the gates. And, you know, anybody worked pin, in those pins that, uh, that don't have the gate right there? I mean, this was, a, this was a wreck waiting to happen. And so the boss was standing outside the gate, and he said, You stand there, and you wave your hands like this as she comes back. I said, Okay. And so anyway, she goes in there, and she gets right up there, and she turns around again, and she starts running back. And I went as she blowed past. I said, I waved at her. <laughs> he said, you get out here and you do this. Let me show you how it's done. I said, well, you go for it. It's like, climb the fence. I wish they'd have had cell phones back then with video recorders. He gets in there, yah, yah. You know how they get, like they doing all this stuff and he's going to show me how it's done. Boy, she whirls right at that deal. She comes running at him. He goes, and she hits him right there, poof. So I climb over and I say, how'd that work? <laughs> he said, you're fired. I said, you wasn't paying me anyway. So I help him up and by this time, this guy named Dusty, he'd come around there and he said, what's taking y'all so long? I said, hey, jump in the alley and go like this. He said, why is he all dusty? I said, you don't want to know. So anyway, he gets in there and we, you know, we're, we're, we all three have to get in there and the other fella, he picks up this big stick. And sure enough, she gets right to that trailer. And, you know, the other cattle are just standing in there like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And this other one, she wears again. She comes. This guy rears back. I'm on the radio, so I may have to be careful with how I say this. He gave her an attitude adjustment with a mesquite stump about like this, administered softly yet with loving authority right on the tip of her nose. And I waved at her as she went by. But she stopped, and we got her back up there, and we drug out the long yellow hot shot by this time. And I guarantee you, if you want an attitude adjustment, a long yellow hot shot, we'll get it done. So we zapped her in there, and we shut the gate, and we went on. But today, we are in number two of a three-part series called Filling the Gap. And a lot of us in our spiritual lives, we, we feel like that. We feel like we're going in the right direction and we get nearly up to the trailer and something happens and everything spills out behind us. And so we go and we gather it up and we try to do everything that we know to do. And just as soon as we get up to the gate, it turns around and just bowls us over. 
Because I know that you felt like that in your life because I felt like that in my life. We're talking about filling the gap in our spiritual lives. And there's three things that most people don't want to pray for. And it's usually those gaps that Satan is either getting in or our blessings are flowing out of. I'm really surprised that we have this many people here from last week. After six years, I preached my very first sermon on giving. How many of us actually get down on our hands and knees and before we ask for that living quartered horse trailer, do we ask, God, will you make us a cheerful giver? Can we support our missionaries in Guatemala? Can we do this? Can we do that? A lot of people don't do that. They don't go to prayer and ask to be givers. The other thing a lot of people don't want to pray about, giving and their attitude. And that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> People on the radio are going to be like, why did everybody just stop and laugh? Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 is the end of, the, of a three-chapter sermon that Jesus preaches called Sermon on the Mount. I think it's supposed to be up on the mountainside, but I always like to picture him horseback preaching. Sermon on the Mount. But anyway, Matthew chapter 7 is the last chapter. Matthew chapter 5, he opens up with, the, with what they call the Beatitudes of um, blessed are those that mourn for they will be comforted and all that. And he goes through there for three chapters and he's preaching up on the side of this mountain. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, Jesus says, do not judge others. Then you will not be judged. You will be judged in the same way you judge others. You will be measured in the same way that you measure others. I tell you what, if you want to talk about attitude, Jesus pulls out a 12-gauge sawed-off, 8-gauge shotgun, and He pulls both triggers in Matthew chapter 7. He talks about don't judge others. If you judge others harshly, you will be judged harshly. You will be judged by the measure with which you judge others. And how does He start that off? Don't judge anybody anyway. Are you critical of others at all times? I've been that way in my life. You know, constantly walking around, you know, boy, you can pick out the flaws in everybody else. Man, I used to be great at that. I, I mean, you, I didn't even have to know you that good. And boy, I could tell you what was wrong with you, just lickety split. It's the wrong attitude to have. Are you quick to express opinions about others but get mad when someone gets in your business? I love those type of people. Boy, they'll get in there and they'll give you their opinion, boy, just right and left. And boy, as soon as you say something back, boy, you need to stay out of my business. What? Are you kidding me? Jesus says in Matthew 7, 1 and 2, Do not judge others, then you will not be judged. You will be judged in the same way you judge others. You will be measured in the same way you measure others. Do you hold people to a higher standard than you hold yourself? My wife has a website and a Facebook fan page called The Worst Preacher's Wife Ever. I did not make that up. She did. But she talks about uh, growing up, how she has witnessed church people hold preachers to a standard that they won't hold themselves. Okay, They're, now God's going to hold me to a higher standard whenever He judges me, that's biblical. But you ain't God, okay? And so we need to all... What are y'all laughing about? I'm just a man too, you know? And, uh, but anyway, we all need to... Don't hold anybody to a higher standard than what you're willing to hold yourself to. Some of us need to hold each other a little higher, but that's another subject... The attitude of, give somebody the benefit of the doubt. If you feel like you're judging people 
all the time. And if you don't want to be judged, there's a real quick attitude that is really, really helpful in a lot of situations. Give people the benefit of the doubt. How many times do you think that people just don't know what you're going through? When you have that bad day and you accidentally snap at somebody or you're walking around just maybe having one of those days like Jared said he had yesterday, we all have those days. It's inevitable. But give people the benefit of the doubt. Before you reach out to judge them based on their behavior, give them the benefit of the doubt. That will fill in a gap in your spiritual life. The second thing in Matthew chapter 7 that we're going to talk about is found in verses 3 through 5. Jesus says, you look, you look at the little bit of sawdust in your friend's eye, but you pay no attention to the piece of wood in your own eye. How can you say to your friend, let me take the bit of sawdust out of your eye? How can you say this while there is a piece of wood in your own eye? We can paraphrase that by saying, get the speck of dust out of your own eye before you worry about, or get the plank out of your eye before you worry about the sawdust in somebody else's eye. How about this right here? How about we all have start an attitude of mind our own business? What would this world be like if more people minded their own business? And you know what? Right now, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to talk to you Christian people. Mind your own business. Once you become, you know, level 100, which you won't ever get to, then you can start maybe uh, going and telling some other people how to do their stuff. Now, guys, there's a difference in going to somebody out of love and trying to, trying to help them. I'm talking about those people that have spiritual gifts that they think that their job is to point out everybody's flaws, okay? Well, what do you do? Do you teach Sunday school? No, I point out everybody's flaws. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. Giving advice is a lot easier than taking it, isn't it? You ever know anybody that does that? Boy, they've done anything and everything. I promise you, I worked at the... I worked... Oh, golly, I hope he don't listen to this. I worked with a fellow one time that I promise you, he was everything from a horse trainer to a killer whale trainer to an elephant trainer to... You know, just the, one of those one-up peoples. You know, I said, well, I used to ride polo horses on a ranch in South Texas. He's like, well, I used to ride camels in Saudi Arabia, bucking camels. No, you didn't. I did, too. I did, too. They were three-humped. <laughs> mind your own business. I mean, I mean, seriously, you can love somebody and mind your own business at the same time. I've had those... Anybody else has that, that old sunburnt cowboy that they just looked up to that never got in your business, but if you paid attention, he'd give you advice a little way? He'd go up, you'd go up to him. Hey, I was thinking about doing this. What do you think about that? Ooh, yeah, you can try that, I guess. <laughs> if an old cowboy ever says, you can try that, I guess, that means I tried it 35 years ago and it like to kill me, and I'd like to see you do it. <laughs> now, you know it might work if he says... Yeah, let's try that. But if he says you, you got to look for those pronouns. If he says you try it, you're going to end up in a wreck. If he said let's try it, it'll probably work. So mind your own business. What an attitude to have. We need to do that. We need to start minding our own business. You mind how your horse carries its head before you go telling someone else how to train their horse. I did that one time. This fellow come up to me and he was like, well, you need to do this and this, and I've been to these many clinics and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and he just did all of this stuff. And, and uh, he couldn't adjust his stirrups on a saddle without getting the Blevins buckle in the holes and falling off. <laughs> I think Jared knows this fella. <laughs> I 
You think I'm joking. I'm not. I'm not. Boy, he'd give you advice in a heartbeat. Couldn't even adjust the stirrups on a saddle. The attitude of give someone a break and mind your own business will fill in the gap of your spiritual life. You can't control anybody. And when you get in somebody else's business, what are you really trying to do? You're trying to help them or control them or maybe, maybe it's out of love. Maybe you don't want them to make the same mistake. Maybe you need to be like that cowboy. Ooh, why don't you try that? They got cell phones now with videos on them. I'm going to pull my iPhone out. Jesus' statement about do not judge, I want to clarify one thing here. Jesus' statement about do not judge is referring to hypocritical judgmental attitudes that attempt to tear others down while building yourself up. Do you understand what I mean by that? Let me read that one more time. Jesus' statement about do not judge is referring to hypocritical judgmental attitudes that attempt to tear others down while building yourself up. It is not a blanket statement against critical thinking. And when I mean critical thinking, I mean you need to use good judgment. Okay? Let me give you an example. I hadn't even said nothing yet. So this horse, and I've told you, there's a lot of new people here, so sometimes I have, they're, they're good enough I have to use them a couple of times. So I, I get on this horse one day, or I get a call from, from Lee down the road, and he's like, hey, man, I need you to go, come get on this horse. I was like, all right. He said he bucked my son off. My son's going around whining about his back's all hurting and everything. I don't know. It may be broke. I'm not sure. And so anyway, I go down there, and this horse is just standing there, nice, sorrel horse and everything. And, and I, I fancied myself at that moment to be something of a horse whisperer. So I throw my saddle up there, and I was going to talk at him real nice. Boy, I was laying it on thick, man. If horses knew bad science, BS, he could smell it. And I was like, hey, good boy, you ain't going to bug nobody off. No, are you? His ears, just low lip was hanging down. I was like, oh, man, something must have bit you or something. Saddled him all up nice and walked around him and adjusted and rubbed my hands all over him. And he just stood there throwing his top lip up. He liked it. I was like, man, this horse ain't going to do nothing. You're a good boy. I step up there on him and he just, oh, you're all right, aren't you? (laughs) Bucked me off right on my head. I said, you're a bad boy. Didn't work. Forget that horse whispering stuff. You don't need to whisper softly with your mouth. You need to be really sticky with your butt. So I called Lee. I said, that horse doesn't buck me off. He said, don't get on him again. He said, I'm going to sell him. I said, all right. Like you anyway. So he sells him to this guy. And I'm not kidding you. I get a call from Lee. And he goes, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? He said, I sold that horse that bucked you and Ross off. I said, you did? He said, yeah. He said, it was a wreck. I said, tell me about it. He said, I met the old boy at the Walmart. I told him, I said, I'm going to save this horse. His horse is uh, prone, to, uh, prone to buck. And this guy said, well, he just ain't never had a cowboy on him. Lee said, well, I guess maybe that's true. So he says, long as you can say whatever you want to as long as you give me my $1,000. So anyway, he pulls up there, and the guy gives him the money, and the guy pulls him around in the Walmart parking lot, goes over there, ties him off to the truck, and throws a saddle on him. In the Walmart parking lot. Lee walks over there and he goes, I wouldn't do that if I was you. He said, shoot, this is the way we've done it all my life. Show this horse who's boss. Lee said, good deal. I'm going to go over here. So Lee goes over there and he stands there like this. This horse, this guy gets on this horse and he's sitting there and that old horse is just a, 
He's like, see, this horse ain't nothing. Bucks him off right on his head, breaks his arm right there in the Walmart parking lot. Lee said, I had to bandage him up. And he, you should have seen him trying to drive a stick shift with his left hand with his right arm broke. He said, but I had my thousand dollars and I was in the truck and gone before he could get out of the parking lot. <laughs> Why did I tell you all that? I'm joking. It isn't the statement that Jesus said about do not judge. I'm going to judge that guy to be an idiot out of love. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Jesus is going to call me an idiot over a few things I've did in my life, and y'all can too, and I don't mind that. But if a guy tells you don't get on this horse, he'll buck. Do not get on that horse in the Walmart parking lot, people. We can still, we still got a brain. You ain't got a judge to use your brain, okay? Jesus said we are to expose false teachers. There's a lot of false teachers running around. Those that, that say that there's another way to heaven. Maybe if you just a, you're just a good person. How many ways is there to heaven? One, faith in Jesus Christ. How many ways are there to get to hell? One, not believing in Jesus Christ. There's only one way in and there's only one way out. Everything else is stuff. Paul said we were to exercise church discipline. We can think critically and we can look at the fruits of others without judging them hypocritically in an attempt to, to uh, build ourselves up while keep somebody else down. Jesus continues on in Matthew chapter 7. I've got wires going everywhere. Matthew chapter 7 uh, has got so many great verses. If, you, if you're new to reading the Bible, go read Matthew chapter 7. It, I mean, you could spend a year just on Matthew chapter 7. Remember the ask, seek, and knock? That's in verses 7 and 8. How about if, you're, if you as fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven bless you? That's in verses uh, 9 through 12. How about this one? The road to destruction is, is the gate to the road to destruction is broad, but the, the gate to heaven is narrow. That's in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. How about build your house on solid rock instead of on sand? That's in Matthew chapter 7. How about don't throw pearls to pigs? That's in Matthew chapter 7. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on. But the verse, while I was studying, the verse that just really hit me right between the eyes is in verse 28. And in verse 28, the Bible says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at His teaching because He did not teach like the teachers of the law did. Why were they amazed? The teachers of the law, the law, the Old Testament, the law of Moses, there were like 600 things that you had to do. If you did this, you had to do this. If you messed up here, you had to do this. And I mean, it was this big, long, it was worse than those hokey-pokey line dancing stuff that people do. Had lots of consequences to it also. But it was tough, and it was all what you had to do. But why were they amazed? Because Jesus said that attitude, your attitude was just as important as your actions. Jesus said, if you look at another woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. If you just have a disagreement and you harbor hate for your brother, it's the same as murdering. Jesus came to teach us about the other side of it. That our attitude is probably... No, I'm going to say this. Your attitude is more important than your actions because if you just have the actions without the right attitude, you know what that's called? Hypocrite. If you just do things so that people can... You know, you go to church or you pray and everything, but your attitude isn't right. Your heart isn't right. So what should we strive for? We're talking about filling in the gaps of our spiritual lives. 
And we're talking about attitude. Does it seem like that you, you, you just nearly get everything just right and stuff goes to spilling off behind you? What should we strive for? 1 Corinthians 13, 11 and 13. The Apostle Paul says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, and I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. That's what a lot of us need to do here today. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. And then in verse 13, he says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. We need to have an attitude of faith to fill the gap. God is real and His love for you is real also. An attitude of faith to fill the gap. Jesus is real and His death for you means everything. It is the only thing. An attitude of faith to fill the gap. The Holy Spirit is real and wants to guide you and help you if you'll let Him. We need an attitude of faith. We need an attitude of hope to fill in the gap of our life. No matter what happens down here, our life up there will be more than worth it. What is hope? If you need a motto for your life, a motto of hope, how about this right there? You know that thing that you're going through right now? And I know every single one of you got that thing. When you leave here today, I want you to say three words. God's got this. God's got this. We need that attitude of hope and an attitude of love to fill the gap in your life. And these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, an attitude of love to fill in the gap in your life. Love is never a mistake. I hope that whenever I stand before Jesus Christ, I hope he looks at me and says, you went way beyond that loving deal, especially with those, those few people. You didn't even have to go that far. I hope that's what he says instead of the other way. You showed no love. Love is never a mistake. An attitude of love to fill in the gap in your life. Love can be taken advantage of, can it? So what? So? So what if you get taken advantage of? It's what God told you to do. He said to love people, and when you love people, you're going to get taken advantage of. So what? It's going to happen. Get ready. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. An attitude of love. We need to have an attitude of faith. We need to have an attitude of hope. And we need to have an attitude of love. Fill in the gap of your spiritual lives. Because a lot of you are doing really, really good things. But I hear it. I see it. When you start getting things gathered up, and you start pushing it to where it needs to go, you get right to the end and everything spills out. Fill in those gaps. Ask God to make you a giver. A lot of people don't want to pray about that, but it's biblical. Ask God to give you an attitude adjustment. And don't wait on that long. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your message today. Create in us an attitude of faith. Create in us an attitude of and Create in us an attitude of love. Make these habits, Lord. And be there for us whenever we get taken advantage of because it will happen. But Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come here today and listen to your message. Lord, if there's somebody here that feels like their lives are just spread out, there's no fencing, and they'd like to gather everything up and start riding for somebody bigger than themselves, Lord, impress upon them the need. Because like we said earlier, there's only one, and that's through that narrow. Lord, we're here to show them where it is today, and it's not a showing where, it's showing who. They can start riding for you today by just saying, God, I give you the rank. I'm tired of doing it. Will you help me? Will you love me? It's in all these things that we pray.
Glad you took a ride with us today. If you liked today's service and heard God speaking to you, I'd like for you to go to our website and check out the new book, Simplified Cowboy Version Gospel of Matthew. If you've ever wanted to read your Bible but found it difficult to understand, then this book is for you. Just go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on General Store. You'll find tons of stuff there to help you in your ride with Christ. You can also partner up with us by following the online giving link. All our monthly supporters get an audio CD or DVD every month in the mail as our way of saying thank you. We don't care about the amount. Look at what Jesus did with a couple of biscuits and some fish. He can do the same with your helping hand. I know you couldn't help but notice all the great music playing in the background. You need to stop what you're doing right now and go by BarryWardMusic.com and check out his new album, West of Dodge. This program wouldn't have been possible without these fine folks. Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling, 303-324-8217. WesternLLC.net. Look East Realty, 303-644-4444. Double H Heating and Air, 303-669-8911. Integrity Auto Repair, 303-621-2845. And Comanche Creek Enterprises, 303-619-7030. Please support businesses that aren't afraid to show their faith. Call them today or go by SaveTheCowboy.com and click on Sponsors for more information.